You're listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Howard. Hello, Oilers fans. Thank you once again for tuning in to The Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Before we get going, got to thank our sponsor, DraftKings. The second round is in full swing. And the action increases from game to game. This is where contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes, up for grabs each day. The best part? It's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think will happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Connor Halley. You can give me a follow on Twitter, at Connor Halley, if you feel like it. Before we get to the show today, I want to pass along our best wishes to Dave Jamison of TSN 1260, who unfortunately was diagnosed with cancer over this past weekend. JMO, simply one of the best. Spent time with the Edmonton Elks organization for years. Join us on TSN 1260, I want to say about five years ago. Could be longer than that. Of course, he hosted Dave Jameson show from noon to two. Uh, we know you're going to fight this, JMO. I look forward to the celebration party when you beat it because I know you are. And I uh, just want to pass along our thoughts and prayers to JMO and your family. Just an absolute fixture in the Edmonton sports scene. You're going to beat this and uh, best of luck with it going forward. Today on the show, we are going to be joined by Jeffrey Ulrich of DraftKings Nation. You can give him a follow on Twitter as well at the Fantasy Grind and just a little teaser because we are going to be talking about DraftKings and, uh, you know, obviously, Guys, you should look out for if you want to win some money. But before we got into our conversation, he was saying, Matthew Barzell, that's the guy you want to have. Matthew Barzell, when I last checked, and keep in mind, I am taping this on Monday night, goal and an assist. So you want to win some money, make sure you keep it locked on here. We'll get to Jeffrey Ulrich in a few moments, talk about uh, who you should look to be picking up on DraftKings and hopefully win some money because... You know, even though the Oilers are out, the playoffs continue, and you can still collect that cash with DraftKings. So uh, hang around here. We'll get to Jeffrey Ulrich in a couple minutes here. But we're going to start the show off today with Hernan Salas. He, of course, won half of the Don Wheaton on White postgame show on TSN 1260. You can get him on the Locked on Oilers podcast network. Also, two guys and a goalie. And make sure to give him a follow on Twitter, at Hernan Demand. Hernan, thanks so much for doing this today, my friend. How are you doing? Good, man. How about yourself? Yeah, I can't complain. I mean, it's kind of boring uh, without the Oilers to talk about. We're, uh, what, two weeks yeah. since it officially happened, and now we just, you know, talk about the off season and, and what could be. But uh, before we get to the Oilers, uh, what have you made of the NHL playoffs outside of our city? Have you enjoyed it? Any other series standing out to you? Uh, they've been, they're always fun. I mean, um, Colorado Vegas has been outstanding, just even at, when they're up two nothing for Vegas to fight back, it's just it's great for us who are not fans of those teams, but we just get to watch them battle it out. So hoping that one goes seven. I thought Carolina would uh, be a lot closer to Tampa Bay than they they've showed. They're down three one. Tampa's going to wrap that one up. Uh, that one's been fun though. There's some talented guys on on the teams, and and I know me and uh, I think Maddie were talking about it the other day, and just how. Yeah, I think their Boston one's not a series many are talking about, but it's fantastic to watch. It's really good hockey. And then, I mean, the one that's got everybody a little, I think, a little surprised Montreal, uh, Winnipeg. But, uh, yeah, that's why you play the game. Anything can happen. So we'll see what happens here going forward. But I, I, I always enjoy the, the, the NHL playoffs. There's some good hockey, great plays, and I especially love it when they go to OT. Yeah, I mean, I, I just love the first two rounds just because you kind of get, like, multiple games every day. There's just any time almost you turn a game on, 
and uh, you're obviously going to get good hockey. Uh, you mentioned the Islanders, and I've got that one on behind me as uh, we're taping this Monday night, 621 local time here in the city, and Jordan Eberle just scored another goal. Uh, <laughs> a guy who, in the 2016-2017 Oilers' little run there in 13 games, had two assists, and that's it. Uh, I think a lot of people might credit that playoff run to one of the reasons he's no longer with the team. They needed playoff performers. This year, he's got three goals. Uh, last year in the bubble, in 22 games played, he had five goals, 14 points. The year before, in eight games, he had four goals. Did we get rid of that guy too early? Well, ah, man, it's hard to say now, <laughs> but I mean, you remember he was coming off a pretty good year. The Oilers went to the second round of the playoffs, went to uh, game seven, one went away from going to the conference final, and then, uh, you know, him and Nuge, I think it was him, Nuge, and Lucic the line. They didn't really produce in the playoffs. I'm not saying they played bad, but they didn't produce. I don't think they scored, and then it was like, let's get rid of them. And then I know. After that, there were some rough years here, and everybody was like, we need a 20-goal guy to play with Connor and Keon. And we're like, well, we <laughs> just traded him, so and we got nothing. I mean, we got Ryan Strom. In fairness, Ryan Strom was probably not used right here in Edmonton. He was in the bottom six. Kind of seeing the success he had there uh, with the Rangers uh, when he left. So, yeah, maybe they, they maybe there was something there. The Oilers just didn't use him correctly. But, yeah, I mean, I was always an Everly guy. Uh, he re-signed for, what, five Five something. He's a good top six winger. I mean, he's never going to be a guy that dominates, never going to be a guy that kind of drives his own line, but he's one hell of a secondary guy and he can score, and that's the hardest thing to do in the NHL. So, I mean, you could say, yeah, they got rid of him too quick, but it's just crazy to think, though, eh? Like, Hall gone, Everly gone, and then Nuge might be gone. That's just kind of like the. <laughs> that's like the. You know, the three guys that were brought here like years ago to turn this thing around, uh, they were never able to uh, until they got other pieces, but just crazy to think. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not going to lie. After that playoff run, I was pretty critical of the guy, and it it was yeah. not because, like, you know, I thought well, that he's cool. never going to put up points in the playoffs. It was a bad run, but it was just kind of like the guy didn't do a whole lot outside of scoring goals. So when you're not scoring goals... You're you're not really that effective. Uh, regular season, he's a perennial twenty goal scorer when he plays, you know, north of eighty games. But I always just thought you need someone who adds a little bit more. Now it's kind of funny you mention it. Like, geez, they they probably could have taken his depth scoring this year and uh, even going into the playoffs. But geez, uh, no one can predict the future. That's why uh, those things tend to happen. Yeah, uh, Hernan. Now, just kind of talking about needs and depth scoring uh, going into this off season. Obviously, uh, geez, we're going to be talking about it quite a bit. But where do you think Ken Holland needs to look when it comes to free agency? I mean, there's going to be obviously the conversation about Ryan Nugent Hopkins and uh, obviously Adam Larson. I think Adam Larson pretty much a lock to stay with the Edmonton Oilers. But where do you look when it comes to free agency and where there's probably some places of need? Oh man, yeah, it's um, where do you start, right? I, I I think you need a winger for that top six, whether it's with McDavid or Drysdale, or if you want to play them together to play on that second line. You need someone because Cahoon, he was okay this year. Ennis was okay when he got a look. He just never really had someone there to step up, right? And uh, it, it it was unfortunate, but yeah, it's, you definitely need an upgrade at left wing for sure. At third line center, I mean, they brought in Kyle Turris. Last year, I think most of us were like, yeah, that's a good deal. There's a guy that can find his game. And, you know, it was a, it's only a two-year deal, and it's only for over a million dollars. But that didn't work out. And I don't think he can come back with McLeod, Tyra, and Haas again out of your centers in that bottom six. So I think they'll be looking there as well. Uh, defensively, I think they're set. I mean, I, I can't really see them picking anyone up. Uh, that's a big name for the defense. They got their guys. Platform status is still up in the air, so we'll wait and see on that. But they got some young guys that are ready to make a, make a move here. And then if you bring back Larson, I think defensively they're good. And where it gets interesting for me, Connor, is goaltending. I know Kenny Holland said in the presser that he wanted us to bring uh, Mike Smith back. And listen, I'm okay with that, but I don't, I don't think he'd go into the season with Mike Smith and Nico Koskin again. I think you're playing with a little bit of fire there. If you're bringing those guys back for a third year and to expect Mike Smith to have another phenomenal season like he did this one, I think it's just maybe we're uh, asking too much. So 
I mean, easier said than done. I maybe they go for that short one year deal again and, and, and just until they can find their number one goaltender, but I know the names being tossed out there, Zach Hyman, and Blake Coleman, two players I really like and I think they would impact this team. Uh they're prob I, I mean, Coleman's probably not gonna cost you too much. Hyman's probably gonna he's gonna get a significant rate, but he's a good quality player who can play in the top six. I mean he's a top six guy in Toronto. And then uh, I, I just keep looking at the goaltending. I don't know where you go, right, Connor? Like, can you trade for a guy out of Columbus? Can you pick up, uh, I don't know. I know there's names like Darcy Camper out there. And I'm not saying those are the guys I would go for, but there's something definitely uh, <laughs> missing the, uh, between the pipes that I think the Oilers eventually have to get their number one goaltender. Because, Connor, look, look at the teams in the playoffs right now. They all got their number one guy, right? And it's it's not just a one-hit wonder, like, uh, whoa, he's just having a good year, like Halibut, Price. You're looking at Grubauer, who's up for the vet. Now you're looking at Flurry. Like, I think the Oilers, if they really want to become contenders in the next few years, they got to lock down that spot. So it's, it's hard, Connor, to say who they're going to go after and what they're going to do. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting uh, summer. I keep calling it the summer of Holland. And and I'm and I'm kind of like he can't go crazy either. Like he's got to he's got to look at the guys that are coming off the books next year. Like you got to get Darnell done. You got to get Jesse Puliarvi done. And in I know you got to improve your team, but you can't just go crazy and spend like crazy. So I know I said a few names that are, I know they've been talked about through you know the radios uh, stations and you've seen it on Twitter through Edmonton Media. But yeah, we'll wait and see. But if they can get Hyman or Coleman, I think that's a good start. Yeah, and I mean, like you say, you can't just be throwing money around because you do have to take care of your own down the road here. Uh, yeah. I wonder if like the selling point is for a potential guy like Zach Hyman, like, hey, you know, you could come play with Leon Dreisaitl or Connor McDavid. Now, granted, he's got some superstars in Toronto if, you know, he feels loyal there and wants to stick around. But, I mean, that's got to be a selling point for, for Ken Holland, trying to, to wave those two around and say, like, you can come here and play with them. Look what happened for Tyson Berry. It was a one-year deal. He's probably going to capitalize on free agency. Maybe you can do the same here. Yeah, keep in mind, Connor, too, that like it's um, um, Toronto's in a bit of a trouble, right? Yeah, yeah, right. So it's not like it's going to be it's going to be crazy, and they can just sign him up to whatever he wants. I think that, but that time is also going to get a lot of interest, mm-hmm. right? just because of the kind of player he is and. So, I mean, I think Edmonton has a good opportunity. I know Blake Coleman's already 30, but again, you can sign him to short term. Uh, I mean, he's he's not going to cost you much. You can get him. And I'm just looking at some other names. I know our good buddy Dusty does all these uh, mock kind of lineups on Cap Friendly, and Ryan Getzlav's a name that's being thrown out there. I don't know if he would want to leave to come to Edmonton. Um, there's some bigger names that are just not realistic for the Oilers, but a guy like Thomas Tatar as well, 30 mm-hmm. years old, a left winger. And a guy that's, you know, you're not bringing him here to be defensive or, you know what I mean, to play the physical. Can you bring him here to score? So I, that's maybe a guy. I know at the inbox at Central 60, buddy, we get a lot of trade for Sam Reinhardt. I, I mean, 25 years old, that would be ideal, but it's going to cost you a lot. Uh, there's guys like Kyle Palmieri. So, yeah, Mike Hoffman at 31, what's he going to cost? Is he looking long-term to kind of lock down his last contract? So, there's a lot of interesting names, buddy. But, yeah, I think Zach Hyman is the guy that I think the Oilers are going to go hard. But at the same time, Connor, I'm kind of a cheapskate. I, I just don't think he can – like, yeah, Hyman's going to get a, a raise, but I don't think he has to go crazy either, like – it's got to make sense, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and who knows? I mean, there might be a GM out there with just way too much money willing to overpay, and we've seen that in the past. It, and yeah. it always comes back to haunt you. So I think for Hyman, I mean, you want to end up in a good situation, not somewhere where you go and you suck and then you get bought out and, you know, it's kind of a disgrace. So it's going to be interesting, Hernan. Now, one name you didn't mention there, and uh, I will say we cool. talked about it on the show today, because he's a healthy scratch, Jake DeBrusco in Boston, a guy yeah. who a couple of years ago had 27 goals, uh, last year dropped down a bit, but you know, still pretty good. 19 goals in 65 games, and then this year, you know, kind of hit the fan with the uh, the coaching staff out in Boston. But do you have any concerns when you're bringing a local guy back to Edmonton? Like, is that a concern for you at all? 
Well, his name gets talked about a lot, like a lot more, uh, Connor, because of who his dad is and who he works for and what he does, right? Like, it's, let's be honest, that's the main, like, the main reason this guy's talked about so much. Now, I mean, left winger, skilled, only 24 years old, and you got him under control for one more year, and then he's an RFA, right? So that is definitely an ideal situation for the Edmonton Oilers. And listen, I don't watch enough Boston Bruins games to know why he's kind of the odd man out and why he kind of fell out of favor there with the coaching staff. It's obviously not working, so something's got to give there. I don't know if they're too crazy on trading him, but again, Connor, like, I know we were talking free agents, so that's why he kind of slipped my mind, but... Yeah, he's a guy that, I mean, I definitely look at for sure, but what's it going to cost you, right? Like, And then that's the thing here in Edmonton. I think sometimes the fan base is just a little unrealistic. Like, we want guys like DeBrusk, but we don't want to give up anything. Like, we keep bringing up Chris Russell and Caleb Jones and, and a fourth and uh, Tyler Benson, like something like that. But uh, listen, Jake DeBrusk, has he fell out of favor in, in Boston? Yeah, did he have a good season? No, but... You're paying for, you know, you're paying because he's an RFA. You're paying because he's still got a year on the contract. And you're paying because he's only 24 years old, right, Connor? So mm-hmm. it, it's interesting. Now, like, I, I, well, like, what did you guys on, on your show, like, what, what do you think it's going to take to get to a guy like Jake DeBrock? Well, and, and the one thing that kind of, you know, first thing that jumped to my mind, like, there, the, the reason he's kind of fallen out of favor is, you know, the defensive lapses. And you have to factor that in. Like, yeah, the guy can score goals. He's shown in the past. Hasn't quite lived up to what he has in a couple of years ago, but uh, do you want those those lapses in the defensive end and things like that? Because we've seen that with the Oilers, and you know you, you got to get away from that. But uh, one one thing that people were saying was, could you offer up maybe Caleb Jones in a draft pick? Now you have your first rounder, but you don't have a second and third because of trades. Uh, maybe it could be a twenty twenty two second rounder hypothetically, but that was kind of the the way people were looking, and Caleb Jones was kind of the centerpiece there for that. Now. To me, I, th- I think Caleb Jones might just be kind of the prime candidate to go to Seattle. And if he goes away, it's it's not perfect, but it's not going to crush you or anything like that. So, what, what, what about this name? And I'm not saying this because of what happened or anything like that. I'm just saying because you already got Larson and you got Bouchard and you're probably looking, uh, I don't know who else, or, but did Ethan Barry get it done? Because he's... He's much more he's much more higher than Caleb Jones is when it comes to NHL. Like this guy's a legit NHL defensive where Caleb Jones is still kinda in and out of the lineup regularly, right? Like does Ethan Bear get it done? That came up. The one thing that Stratty and I were a little bit concerned with is uh just assuming you want to keep the right handed shots on your blue line. Yeah. Uh Tyson Barry's gone. Likely, uh, you, so you have Ethan Bear, Evan Bouchard, and Adam Larson as your right shot defenseman. Uh, Probert can't fill that role. Uh, Samorikov can't fill that role. So if you want to keep it lefty righty, then you do need to keep someone in. I, I like Ethan Bear. Like I, I, I'm not gonna get it twisted and say he's a top pairing guy. He might not even be a second pairing guy, but I, I think he can be a good third pairing guy. Obviously, you know you got to get rid of some of the the errors that he made, the turnovers. But I think if you're Boston. And, you know, that comes along, you know, Ethan Berth with the draft pick. I think you have to at least consider it. Like, for a guy that's not even cracking your lineup in a playoff game, I mean, where's the loyalty, I guess? So I, I think that might be one that works out. Yeah, and the only reason I say Bear, like, obviously then you're obviously keeping Barry or you're bringing in another right shot, right? Like, yeah. I, I get what you're saying now. Like, and, and listen, I thought this guy really stepped up his game as the season wore on. And he had the one giveaway, but there's enough blame to go around for the Oilers' sweep. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't just him. Uh, there was a lot of bad uh, bad plays there. And, and I like Ethan Bear. I think, he's, I think he's a really good one. I don't think he'll ever be a top-pairing guy, but if he can play in your second, third pair, I think you're laughing. But I think Jake's, Jake's brusque, regardless of what's going on in Boston, he's going to cost you something. And I just don't think Killing Jones... And, and I get why Kelly Jones is thrown almost in every trade. There's something there. Will he ever, you know, find his game kind of like we're not doubting Darnell Nurse, but we're like, can Darnell Nurse, like, you know, get to that, to that, I don't know, you know, top pairing status. And, and this year he took an enormous leap, but I just don't think Kelly Jones is that caliber of player. So that's the only reason I, I don't think that gets it done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and we'll see what happens, obviously. Uh, I, I think there'd be a lot of people that would be excited. Uh, one of the things Strutty talked about is that, you know, you have that added pressure. 
being from Edmonton, you know, there, there might be those distractions. People asking you to come on out, go for uh, go for some you remember, beers. <laughs> you remember, Lu- remember Lupo when he got traded here, and, and Lupo was Lupo was uh, at that time he was a legit like top end player, right? And it didn't work out here. Same thing, local guy, right? We always yeah. want these local guys, and the majority of them don't work out. Yeah, I mean, it can be tough. And I, I can say, like, firsthand experience talking to my friends who, you know, were in the NHL and had the opportunity to potentially play in Edmonton. They said, you know, maybe down the road, would prefer to play elsewhere. Just so you don't have that expectations. Uh, we, we like Lou Paul's one, uh, Mike Comrie. Like, we've seen it. There, there's just yeah. a bigger spotlight on these guys from the Edmonton area. And, uh, I mean, yeah. DeBrusque's his dad, obviously, could probably help him out. There'd be some experience. And DeBrusque will be 25, I think, when the season starts. So it's not like he's uh, an 18-year-old kid. But, yeah, yeah. it's certainly uh, worth uh, bringing up and saying, you know, it is a factor. You know, he's still a human. Those things could come up. Uh, Hernan, you talked about goaltending a little bit there and uh, just looking into Mike Smith this past year. He was great. There was no signs of fatigue. But I think uh, you do have to be realistic and say that he did uh, only play in 36 games. So, you know, fatigue shouldn't be a factor for an NHL goaltender. Let's say it's an 82-game schedule and Mike Smith's your guy. Is there, like, a a number you want to cap it at for, like, amount of starts that he plays? Or do you think it's kind of between he and the head coach and the goaltending coach discussing, you know, how how his body just feels day-to-day? Yeah, I think Mike Smith's always said, like, I like to play. Like, you know, don't worry about my fatigue and all that. And every goalie's going to say that. No one's going to be like, well, cap me at this. (laughs) I, I guess it depends on who the other guy is, right, Connor? Like, if it's costing and then I do want my kids playing a lot more. Um, if it's Stalock, I mean, Stalock, he's not an unknown because we've seen him play in the NHL for years, uh, but we haven't seen him play in over a year, so you're a little concerned there. He's still under contract. Let's just say for, for fun here, let's say they bring in a Freddie Anderson, then you can see more of a split, right? Like, it's you guys each get 40 games and then keep them fresh and whoever's rolling gets the playoffs, right? So I guess it depends for Mike Smith on, on, on his workload on who is going to be the other guy. And again, I, I, I Connor, I, and I, I'm pretty sure you might agree with me, you can't come back with Smith and Koskinen. Um, Koskinen's kind of lost it here with the Edmonton fans. I mean, yeah, he played good to start the season when he had to play all that hockey, but he's just a guy that you're never comfortable with between the pipes. He's always a little nervous. I think this year he led the first shot in six or seven times. Um, just a guy that doesn't give you a lot of confidence. And again, Salok, not an unknown, but he just hasn't played a lot of hockey, so you roll with him and Smith. So I, There's so many names out there for goaltending that uh, I, I just don't know where to go, but I assume Freddie Anderson because he's a free agent, he's 31. Um, he could be an option. I don't know how realistic that is, Connor, but uh, it's going to be interesting. So do you agree that uh, I guess it depends who's the other guy? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, And I, I think Staylock, you know, because we saw what he did with the Minnesota Wild, there is that to fall back on, and, and who's to say that he can't do that again, right? Be a solid backup. I'm with you on Miko Koskinen. I think that uh, the time has come for the, the team to kind of move on from that one. Just uh, too many slow starts. It's a killer. And when it happens, you know, once or twice, you know, I think you can kind of find a way to say, well, we'll move on from it. But when it was like five or six times, like, it's just far too much. And, you know, it wasn't always the first goal. Sometimes it was the second or third or shot of the game. No, sorry, not first goal, but just goals that can be really deflating. And, uh, you know, with a 39-year-old goaltender, I think a capable backup is number one concern. And looking yeah. through the list here, there, there's some names out there who I think could fill that role. And I think of this, like, look at, like, Koskinen's going to be, what, 33? Like, Koskinen is what he is right now. Yeah. Like, he's not, like, and it's, and people are like, well, well, look at Mike Smith. But Mike Smith, at one point, was a, one of the top goaltenders. Do you know what I mean? He's hit that level. Where Koskinen's never been there, at least here in Edmonton, right? Like, Koskinen's always been this guy. Like, you know, like, you never know what the hell you're going to get. <laughs> I, I think it's a little bit different there, but I think Koskinen is what he is. He's just a mediocre backup. Hernan, uh, talking to Jason Stradwick today on the show, he threw out something about the draft. And to me, it's something that I've always thought about with the NFL that makes a lot of sense. But, mm-hmm. you know, just with the Oilers not having uh, you know their second-round pick this year, he said if a team were to try to move up, say, five or six spots, with the Oilers, and I'm not, I think 19th is their pick. Someone told us 20. 
if someone was to say, like, hey, we'll give you a third-round pick and our first-round pick at 25 to move up five or six spots, if you're the Oilers, are you doing that? Like just moving down? Just moving down five or six spots just to collect another draft pick and try to recoup some of the things, you know, you traded away. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because they don't got a second, a third, a fifth, so it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, and, and, and again, if you're dropping five spots and you're in that 20 range, is there really that much of a difference, Connor? Like, is, is the the player really going to, you're not going from elite to mediocre there, right? Like, yeah. Like, you're, all these players are kind of probably going to be in that in that same range. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if 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 that's the deal, and you get a extra, you get a third in there. Sure, why not? I mean, I definitely do that. But how about this, Connor? Would you would you look at trading the Oilers' first round pick this year for a legit top six forward who has who has a who has term who's coming here with a contract? Yeah, absolutely. I honestly, Hernan, I think the Oilers, like starting this off season, have to be aggressive, and I think they have yeah. to find NHL bodies. And it's not looking three or four years down the road. Like, let's be honest, if you're drafting uh, in the twenties, like, yeah, maybe you find David Pasternak, but more likely than not, you're getting a guy who you hope turns out, you know, in the next three, four, five years. I think they're in win now mode. I think they have to be aggressive at the trade deadline going forward at the drafts. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins in the last eight years have used their first round selection twice because they're always trading yeah. that away to bring in current players, right? So I yeah. think for sure, and it, it sucks you don't have your second or your third. Uh, the second for Athanasiu, I mean that that was a miss. We're not gonna we're not gonna sugarcoat that one. But the third one, the third rounder you traded with Neil and Lucic to make that swap, I think you're okay with it. The first rounder, if you're going to bring in a player who helps you immediately, 100% Hernan, I do it. And I, I don't know if you have any names you're thinking, but yes, I would do it. No, I, I was just, I know we talked about it on the two guys, uh, I think a week ago, where we were like, and I think everybody said, yeah, like if you're getting a, a guy in his mid 20s with term that can fit in your top six, like you're moving it because. So regardless of the guy you're taking in the first round, it's highly unlikely he's going to make an impact on your team in two, three years, right, Connor? Yeah. No, you never know. You might, like you said, you brought a pass and act. Let's even go back in time. Uh, Zach Parisi was drafted in late in the first round. Corey Perry, Ryan Getzlaff, like a lot of quality players that uh, are, are later picks. But, I mean, like you said, the order's got to start winning now. I mean, you heard the players say, it, like, hey, we believe in, in, in uh, what we're doing here, but – we don't have five years to turn this around. We got to start right, right now. And the, and the team's trending in the right direction in the regular season. Now I expect them to be a good regular season team. Now they got to take that next step in the playoffs, and and uh, that first round pick's not going to get you there in the next two three years. So I would definitely do it, Connor. And I, I don't have a name, but it, it, it definitely has. I'd have to look at all the teams and cap friendly, and but uh, I'm sure you can find one, right? Like a lot of teams do this and. And like you said, the Penguins, they always go all in, and it's time for the order to start going all in. And and, and one more thing, like I, I just, you, you know, you talk about like down the road here, the, the Oilers are going to start to have these players that I think are going to start to make the jump to the NHL that they have drafted in the last few years. And, you know, maybe next year it's Tyler Benson, the guy who was really good for the Condors. We're going to find out, and yeah, maybe he ends yeah. up in Seattle. That could be a, a, an option as well. But I think coming up through the pipeline, I mean, you're going to have Dimitri Samorikov, who's coming off injury this past year. Uh, Ryan McLeod obviously was one guy who we started to see a little bit more from the 2018 class. But his classmate, Evan Bouchard, Another guy who's going to jump up there. I think Raphael Lavoie will be in the NHL sooner than later. Philip Broberg. Like, you're going to see these guys trickling up. Like, the, the Oilers draft picks are looking pretty good and looking like they'll be in the NHL within the next and, few years here. You don't necessarily need that first round pick right now or even next year. Like, I, and, I think you go out and you add NHL players that, you know, you know are going to help you immediately. And that's the thing, right, Connor? Like, I totally agree with you. Like, you got a nice pipeline of players. Uh, you're going to try to win now while you have Conor McDavid and Leon Dreyfus. But also, keep in mind, like, everybody keeps showing Cooper Morody or Tyler Benson. Yeah, and they were great in the AHL this year, and, and they're going to get a look, and they're going to, you know, they're going to get the opportunity. Hopefully this season we're going to have exhibition games and, and, and regular training camps and all that, Connor. But at the same time, I, I don't think Ken Hall can go on saying, well, it's Tyler Benson's uh, spot in the top six. Yeah. No, I think he's still got to go out, be aggressive, bring in that guy. Now, if Tyler Benson comes in and surprises and knocks your socks off, 
and he has to be on your team, then that's even better for you because you have more depth. But the Oilers can't keep hoping these young guys take that next step. You got to go build your team with guys that are NHLers, and then if a guy surprises, like Ethan Bear last year, right? Um, Ethan Bear did last year. That's even better. That's a bonus for your team. So I'm totally with you, man. And now it's it's more tempered where I don't think Ken Holland needs to go and spend like crazy and, and do all that. But he's got to bring in some quality players here. Uh, he's got to make. He's got to find a way to get some cap friendly deals as well. Um, not overpay and what's easier said than done. But I'm excited, Connor. This team for me has is, is got some good things going on and Kenny Holland, he gets paid the big bucks to, to improve this team so we'll see what he can do this summer but me as a guy that covers the team and, and still a fan of the team, I'm excited for this offseason I, and I do trust in Ken Holland that he'll, uh, he'll definitely improve this team. The summer of Holland as you're calling it, I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's so interesting Connor because like, everybody was like, oh he should have went for this year like they would have went for it this year, and the other still get swept. That everybody would be torching Kenny Hall, right? And and I think we all said it, Connor. Like we didn't. None of us said, "Hey, they're going to get swept by the Jets." I don't think any of us saw that coming. But I think we all said it, and we were like, "This is like the other, like this is not their year." Oh no, no, yeah, like just going back to this last trade deadline and I know some people kind of got on Ken for not making any aggressive moves and I was okay with it because I kind of thought like you know what this isn't quite it you know maybe they win a playoff round maybe they win two but geez I don't know if they can hang in with the top end teams the Vegas's the Tampa the Colorado's like I I don't think they can hang around with those top teams so I wasn't too worried about it but I mean now I think the time is to be aggressive for Ken and it starts this summer this is where he's got to go out there and, and make moves uh, Hernan, looking at the NHL draft, uh, let's just say they, they stick at their pick and, uh, you know, the way it all plays out, you know, there's, there's no real standout. Are you someone who thinks that they just go best player available? Yeah, I think you have to. I think you, um, I think you have to, especially at that, like, because like you said, the owners, the owners have, uh, you know, a good pipeline, especially defensively, right? Like, it's, it's looking good there. And offensively, yeah, you probably want a little bit more. But you brought up an interesting name, Raphael Lavoie, who came over and did some excellent things. So, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think you take the best player available. Um, Goaltending-wise, I know Ilya Konovalov came over and he signed a deal. and But he's, he's a huge wild card. We really don't know what to expect, right, until we get to see this guy. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I, you're probably going forward, Connor. Is, is that fair? Like, I, I mean, I don't think they're going to go goaltender unless the guy knocks your socks off. But I don't think you're thinking a goaltender at that at that spot. So it's it's yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I I pretty much think they'll go go winger and the best one available wherever. Because you said nineteen twenty, right? They're around that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Sebastian Costa's ranked in the first round. And in that twenty to thirty range from the Edmonton Oil Kings Connor, is that now we've seen the Oilers take Oil Kings and ads and work out, but Sebastian Costa, we've seen him play here and he's a hell of a young goaltender and can he be an option? See, and that's where I was gonna go next, because you know, like I, I try to listen in when you know the scouts talk about him. I know Craig Button's a big fan. Uh, I talked to Kevin Woodley, and he's heard good things. Uh, Kevin Woodley, obviously with Ingle Magazine. Yeah, Coast is how when I look at it and think, you know what? Like if he's there, and I know the Oilers, the history of drafting uh, the the Oil Kings. Um, you know, Christian Palace, unfortunately, rest in peace. Didn't that one didn't work out? Uh, Travis Awanik, uh who else have they had? Uh, Mitch Mraz. Mraz they drafted, yeah. I know they had they had brought in Samuelson, didn't draft him. Yeah. Uh, there were a few other guys, Marty Gurnett. He wasn't playing for the Oil Kings yet. And I think there was another defenseman. Jeez, oh, the name slips my mind. But none of them really worked out. But I think you throw it out the window. Like, I don't think because he, you know, he plays for that team, there's any relation. I think a good prospect is a good prospect wherever he comes from. And Kosa, man, like, the, the guy looked like he's huge. Did you get a chance to watch him when you were down at the, the rink last I- year? I did, I did, and um, well, it's been a while since we've been down there, but yeah, just a big goalie. Uh, and I'll say this, and just from what I heard, very confident, which is, I have no issues with that, especially if you're a goaltender, so 
Um, I know they only played 24 games this season. He was outstanding once again. I mean, he's six six, Connor. Like, this guy is... It, those are the kind of goalies we're seeing now, right? They're all uh, big boys. So, it, that's an interesting one, Connor. I'm kind of like, hmm. Because I remember last year, we wanted to go to take the Russian goaltender, um, Askarov. He, he missed by a couple of picks. His Nashville picked him up. Uh, but they got an excellent pick in Dylan Holloway, uh, another young guy that uh, can make some noise here in the next year or two. But... Just, yeah, because, you know, outside of the top 15, like, then you start getting to names that you have to do a little bit of homework on. And I know guys like Button and McKenzie, like, they're, they, they, they know these guys inside. And, oh, we don't, as much as we don't track the draft, as much as these guys are watching up junior hockey. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I'm just looking at Button's list in that 20 to 23 range. He's got, he's got a couple of defensemen as well. But, uh, yeah, Sebastian Costa is an interesting one, Connor. Yeah, and I mean, can he be, can he be the guy of the future? <laughs> exactly, and I think you know you make that pick if you're uh, someone who who follows the Oilers closely on social media. Maybe you don't look for a few days because the the trolls will come out and they'll bring up the oh, Oilers' of history of drafting Oil Kings. But I think that you know it, it would just be a good transition as well, working with Dustin Schwartz with the Oil Kings that goes into his professional career. Uh, a guy who I think represents Canada at the World Juniors this year, and then you know you start to see okay, this guy it's going to be patient. You got to be patient with it, but you got a good guy in place. Forget about him for the next three years and then check back and see how it's going. Uh, I know there's probably some people out there that say, you know, Ilya Konovalov is one guy that maybe people believe in could be the guy. But, I mean, I, I'm a firm believer. Like, draft a goalie every year. Spend a top five, a top five round pick on a goalie every year and hope one pans out. Because there's clearly not an exact science. They all don't work out. Sometimes you find steals. And, uh, I mean, you look at Dylan Hellebuck and, uh, Corey Perry, or sorry, Carey Price, not Corey Perry, uh, two guys kind of <laughs> coming from opposite ends of the spectrum, but both as the trophy winners, both guys who are studs and, you know, you can find them anywhere. So I, I load up and, on goalies all the time. And that's the thing. Everybody's like, you never dropped a goalie in the first round. I remember Button, I can't remember what show he said it before last round where he's like, no, if you think he's your guy, case him. Who cares if he's in the first, second, third round? And like you said, a lot of these goalies were drafted in the later rounds. They become outstanding. I mean, Kelly Price was a first rounder, obviously. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it's if Sebastian Costa is there and he's ranked in that area, and hell, Connor, he might not even make it to the Edmonton Oilers. But um, yeah, I'm totally okay with taking a goaltender. Like you said, the Oilers have taken Dylan Wells, uh, Olivier Rodrigue, uh, Stuart Skinner. Doesn't look like any of those guys are even close to being ready. I mean, Stewart Skinner was excellent in the AHL, but is he ready to, to take on the NHL? At least in my opinion, he's not just yet. Ilya Konovalov is a kind of like an unknown to us because we don't watch the KHL, Connor. We can look at his numbers all we want, but it's it's at the end of the day until we see him play in, in against NHLers, we won't really know. But I'm definitely on board, and, and that's going to be interesting to track. And I love that there's two oil kings in in the that are are slated to go in the first round. Uh, I think it's awesome, and it's always great to see. Yeah, I mean, I I just look back to uh, Andre Vasilevsky with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, the guy's a stud. He's 26 years old. He's really only been in the NHL as a full time goalie for four years. Like they drafted him, they yeah. let him develop properly, spent some time in the KHL. And when he got to Tampa, he was ready, and now he's a, a Stanley Cup winner. Who's about Vasilevsky right now, eh, Connor? <laughs> the people that have a grudge and, and hate it. But, yeah, hey, he was a guy who was funny. taken with the first round. Uh, Steve Eiserman and his staff knew what they were doing. They knew what they saw. And you got to be patient. I mean, you might not like it, but the goalies just tend to take a while to develop, and uh, he's looking pretty good right now. Hernan, thanks so much for doing this. Really appreciate it. Yeah, it was a fun chat, man. Good to be talking Oilers after uh, a few weeks <laughs> off. <laughs> from talking with her, so. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's going to continue throughout the summer. Take care, buddy. Thank you. Excellent stuff from Hernan Salas of TSN 1260. Also, the Locked on Oilers podcast. Two guys and a goalie, and you can also give him a follow on Twitter, at Hernan Demand. We covered a lot of topics there about the Edmonton Oilers, and uh, that's what we'll keep on doing throughout the summer here on the Other Connor Podcast. Of course, when we get closer to the draft and free agency, we'll kind of take a spotlight on those things, but, I mean, right now... We'll just kind of do uh, general looks at the Edmonton Oilers as they approach this offseason. And uh, once again, big thank you to Hernan Salas for hopping on the show today. Right now, as I said earlier on, I want to help you guys win money. And DraftKings is a great way to do so when you sign up. As I said at the beginning of the show, make sure you use promo code THPN to help you out. That's promo code 
THPN stands for the Hockey Podcast Network. And another way to help you out is bringing in our next guest, Jeffrey Ulrich of DraftKings Nation. You can also give him a follow on Twitter at the Fantasy Grind. Jeff, thanks so much for doing this today. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm glad you could do it again. And I'm not going to lie to you. I got to apologize. I totally forgot last week. Like it just. It slipped my mind. I don't know. Maybe it was uh, kind of just going through what we went through with the Oilers. Maybe my my mind was on other things. But I'm glad we could get you on this week. And uh, I I know we always like to talk hockey, but I got to ask you golf because I've had a few people ask me about this. And uh, when it comes to John Rahm over the weekend, what happens with DraftKings? I mean, that that just doesn't happen. Yeah, it doesn't. And unfortunately, with DraftKings, it it just basically means you're you know you stop getting points from from the point where. <laughs> where John Rom, John Rom withdrew. So, um, you know, with golf, it's not something you have to worry about very often. You know, when, when your player gets injured at the start of a football game and, and they don't come back, like, it, it's the same thing. They, they, they just stop getting you points. And, and unfortunately, you know, fortunately, I should say, with golf, the in-play withdrawals, like, they, they just rarely happen. But, you know, when they do, they're just uh, a little bit, obviously, soul-sucking because, um, you know, A, they don't happen very often, and B, when they do, you know, it's just such a shock. So um, never really seen anything like that with a guy with, like, a, a six-shot lead, obviously. Hopefully it's a one-time event. But, yeah, just just one of those things that happens, like, maybe once a year with golf, with guys withdrawing, you know, kind of uh, in, in tournament and uh, – just hope it doesn't happen again. <laughs> Absolutely. Buyer beware. I mean, we always know that's a risk going here's into the, it. Here's the, the main thing, right? There's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> There's no way you can possibly predict or research an event like that happening, right? So it's terrible. It's really it's the bad side of variance, but um, there's you know, you just kind of move on and and, uh, and take your lumps, so to speak. Yeah, and it doesn't make it any easier, but if you had him, I commend you. Like, you deserve, you deserve a lot of credit for going out there picking him knowing what he was going to do, because he was playing some great golf, and just unfortunately yep. uh, didn't work out. Let's talk about those, uh, well, I was almost said those Edmonton Oilers. Uh, we're not going to talk about the Edmonton Oilers, because, of course, they're not in the playoffs anymore. But on the plus side, you can still win money with DraftKings, and uh, there's still lots of hockey to be played. So we'll maybe stay away from the Jets and the Canadians, because you know there's a good chance that the Winnipeg Jets could be done. After uh, Monday night, we're taping this before the game was actually played. But who are some other guys you're liking right now, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, look, the Canadians. I mean, Arturi Lykkinen, you know, obviously liking uh, just his his spot on the on the top line there. You know, with with Brendan Gallagher, I'd watch for that as the Canadians are most likely going to uh, move on to the next series. Uh, just a cheap source of value there on DraftKings. But you know, in terms of the other series and, and guys you got going on, I mean. Um, Obviously, you've got to like what uh, what Tampa Bay's doing, just with uh, Nikita Kucherov. Um, you know, just continuing to just like up his performance when the when the Lightning need him to. I mean, drop a game to Carolina and then come right back and uh, and come through with just you know like uh, probably his best performance of the series: six shots on goal, two goals. I mean, I don't know how long this guy was ready to go. Uh, maybe it was like you know he probably could have come back like a month earlier than he did, but it certainly seems like. He is more than 100% healthy right now. So he's just a player I, I would just continue to pay up for on DraftKings, um, playing a ton of minutes, special teams. It, it may seem obvious, but again, you know, on these slates, sometimes we can outthink ourselves. So uh, I'd start there. It, just in terms of, of, of other teams and, like, players with good value, I mean, you've got to love what the New York Islanders are doing right now. And, and literally, as I say that, they score another goal here uh, to go up 4-2 on Monday. Um, but they're just rolling out three three scoring lines right now. And this is part of the reason why I'm really liking them. You know, Matthew Bartel has picked up his play, but Kyle Palmieri now has goals, I believe in three straight games. Um, it's really giving them just an, an insanely balanced attack, which we just never see from them. So um, I don't know if they're going to get by Boston. We're definitely going to see at least a game six, uh, potentially game seven, but this Islanders offense, like it, it's a really good source of value for DraftKings as well, because none of these guys are that expensive. So <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's funny. I mean, now 4-2, the Islanders lead. Uh, Jordan Everly just scoring an ice goal over to Karask. Love side looked like uh, they're a fun team to watch as well. Now, how about uh, guys you might want to watch out for going forward? Uh, maybe just a little too expensive, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's not there's not a whole ton of guys like you can sit here and fade, like and say, oh, well, I'm not playing this guy, this guy ever, or because we're only down to, we're obviously down to eight teams and we're getting like two game slates. So you really kind of need to get exposure. And, and that's one thing I'd say about, you know, two game slates, like 
don't be afraid to pay up for a, a couple studs, you know, regardless of, of what they've, you know, if they haven't scored in a couple games. You have to look at the slate as a whole. You know, if you've got like two games that are going to be low scoring, I mean, those shots on goals that guys like a, a Max Patch Ready is going to get you or like a, a, a David Pasternak, I mean, those are, those are just as valuable, right? So, um, you know, I, I don't have any like straight fade candidates, but I, I would say, I mean, make sure you're, you're stacking the lines that are really getting A, the ice time, and B, getting you like a lot of scoring opportunities and shots on goal. So, you know, the Boston line, it's been pretty productive, even though they're, they're again, like on the verge here of potentially losing a couple games in a row. But I really don't mind paying up for a couple of them on these shorter two-game slates. Um, you know, I, I mentioned Kucherov. I, w- I would say, like, you know, Steven Stamkos isn't a guy that I necessarily feel like I have to. I mean, he's certainly got multi-goal upside every night. But if you look at his just production, I mean, he's only averaging 2.2 shots on goal per game. You know, a lot of those players on the Islanders I mentioned, I mean, they're actually producing, uh, having a lot better floors than a guy like Stamkos. So even at around the 6K price, I kind of look at Stamkos, you know, you can take a shot with him in, in big GPTs on, on night to night, but you don't really need to play him every night either because he's really not producing to the level of some of the other elite names. Now, Carey Price for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, right now, I'm just kind of assuming that they'll find a way to win one game in the next four here, uh, up 3 nothing against the Winnipeg Jets. But obviously in Game 2, he has a shutout. Game 3, he only lets in one goal. He comes to mind to me when it comes to goaltenders to be looking at. Is there anyone else you like? Yeah, I mean, Carey Price, you know, obviously he's, it's going to be a much bigger task in the next series, so keep that in mind. But I, at the same time, I do expect him to, to at least, like, grab a, a game or two for the Canadians, just just out of pure willpower. So could be a good, uh, you know, GPP candidate in the next series, especially if he's cheap. I, I, I want to make a case here that, that Carolina might be able to make a comeback, but I just don't know where Peter Masaryk is at after, uh, you know, allowing a bunch of goals in Game 5. I think the goalies kind of to keep an eye on is, is more just seeing what Marc-Andre Fleury does here for the Vegas Golden Knights because they grabbed a couple games at home. But, you know, going on the road is, is kind of where, you know, uh, Fleury has struggled, not, not just in the playoffs, but over his career as well. He's just been a better home ice splits goalie for, for a lot of his career. If he can come out of that series, um, you know, in, or, or, you know, somehow drag them into, into the, the finals pass a really elite uh, Colorado team, I mean, that's just a player that you're probably going to want to ride like the rest of the way. I mean, um, it's going to take a monumental effort, but, you know, if, if you get him into the, the conference finals versus Price, I mean, like I said, Price might steal a game or two, but uh, I really would like Fleury in that matchup. So I'm looking at Marc-Andre Fleury to potentially be like the, the good GPP candidate here coming up in the next couple games for Vegas. There's no guarantee. There's obviously going to be a lot of um, sort of, you know, variance riding with him, but, you know, if you're looking for sort of a contrarian candidate, I think most people will probably be a little bit um, slow or, or just trepidatious of, of rostering him uh, on the road at Colorado. So there's something to think about. The, the goalies I really like of late are, are the Islanders goalies. And, I mean, obviously they're playing right now, but the Islanders are al- allowing a lot of shots on net in the playoffs, which is uncharacteristic of them, but it's allowing for a lot of big DraftKings games. So Barlamov uh, sort of taking the reins. But whoever starts for the Islanders uh, right now seems to have big upside every night. Now, Jeff, I know you won't pump your own tires, but I will. Uh, today, you obviously released your daily uh, your cheat sheet for the fantasy hockey, and uh, just scrolling through it here, superstar to target, Matthew Barzell. He's got a goal and an assist. In that paragraph, you also include Jordan Eberle. He's got a goal and an assist. So, people, go over to DraftKings Nation, follow what you read, and uh, collect the money. That, that kind of just speaks for itself right now. Jeff, I'm just going to throw some names at you because... You know, working in sports radio in Edmonton, uh, we often get people talking about who the Oilers should look to add. And obviously, you cover daily fantasy sports, so you know your knowledge on players is pretty good. I want to throw a couple guys at you, and you just tell me if you think they'd be a good fit for the Oilers, and even maybe on that left wing with Connor McDavid. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, go for it. So the first one from Boston, a guy who might be on the outside looking in, Jake DeBrusque. <laughs> I would say no from, from what I've seen from Jake DeBrusque so far. Um, he seems kind of like a worse version of, of Pupliarve, whereas, you know, a, a little bit, um, a little bit one sided just in terms of what he brings or one dimensional, I guess is maybe the word, uh, better word. And I feel like Pupliarve at this point just, just offers better upside. So 
I don't really see DeBrusque as being the answer. Uh, there might be people out there with better answers than me, but personally, it's just more of the same. So I, I, I'll give a big no there. How about uh, Thomas Tatar hypothetically on a one-year deal? I'd like that more. Um, I kind of like Tatar since you know his, his Detroit Red Wings days. He has he's really kind of hit the skids this year in Montreal, but you know the whole Montreal team has, has kind of like they had a bad offensive year, so. If you're going to point the finger at him, um, you, you kind of got to point the finger at the whole team. I think he'd be a good second-line presence, potentially. Uh, absolutely, like a guy who has had some top six before. I'd like that a lot more than DeBrusque, for sure. And you mentioned the time with Detroit. Ken Holland was there with them, so some people yeah. kind of yeah, piecing that together as well. Probably uh, more likely just from <laughs> because of that, too. So. Oh, absolutely. And one more name for you, just because it was brought up on our show today on TSN 1260, Jaden Schwartz. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I've never been like a massive Jaden Schwartz fan, but um, I, I think again, like you look, you look at the type of player. I mean, he, he's a pretty opportunistic goal scorer. He can be a little bit, um, you know, just sort of not do much for a bit. But again, you know, a, a player who's who's produced can be pretty versatile for the Oilers too. I would not mind that at all. Um, definitely of the three, that's the one I pre- prefer, and I think offers the Oilers like the most potential return as well. So. Yeah, I, I think Schwartz is a player who, you know, he had a lot of upside coming out of um, just when he was drafted as well. And it, it, it kind of feels like he's he's a player who really, in my opinion, would benefit the most from a change in scenery right now because it just feels like he's kind of got lost in St. Louis, maybe in their system. I think he's got more to offer than what he's shown the last couple of years. I, I, I like that move, actually, if we're being honest. And I think if you're looking at, like, realistic moves, like in terms of bargain and what the Oilers could afford – that might be like the best they could do, just in terms of again, without having to like break the bank or something. So I, I, I would be in on James Schwartz personally. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of that one as well. And I mean, you know, he, he's proven he can win. <laughs> he's got a Stanley Cup on the resume. Exactly. And what I mean, that that's a really good point. Like the Oilers don't have much of that. You kind of saw that. Have seen that the last few years in the playoffs. Never hurt that a guy who's got some playoff experience to a team who cannot get wins in the playoffs. So. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you are telling me, and and I got you looking play. I mean, with all uh, due respect, Alex Chase on uh, there, there's limitations there. But uh, with yeah. Jane Schwartz, that'd be an interesting one. Jeff, thanks so much for doing this today. Really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Anytime. There you go. That is Jeffrey Ulrich of DraftKings Nation. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter as well at the Fantasy Grind. And if you are signing up for DraftKings, promo code THPN. That's the Hockey Podcast Network. THPN, and that is going to do it for another edition of the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast and Network. Big thank you to everyone who tuned in today. Also, shout out to Hernan Salas and Jeffrey Ulrich. Really appreciate them hopping on the podcast. Give Hernan a follow on Twitter at Hernan Demand, Jeffrey at the Fantasy Grind, and make sure you check out his work at DraftKings Nation, but only if you want to win money. I mean, if you don't really care about money, then maybe uh, just continue on. But I recommend it, DraftKings Nation. Promo code THPN as well when you sign up. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. We're back on Friday. We'll talk more about the Oilers offseason and what they need to do to step their game up. So next year at this time, they're still playing hockey games. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm Connor Halley. We'll talk to you next time on the Other Connor Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday wherever you get your podcasts from.